First of all, hello everyone and welcome to Start From The Pits. I am your host Charlotte and today I am joined by a very exciting guest. Would said guest like to introduce himself? Hello everyone, I'm Ryan harper Um, This year I was racing in European Le Mans series and um, yeah, really excited to be here. Thank you. So, um, for you in your own words, what does racing mean to you? Um, purpose, life, it's it's everything. It's um to me personally anyway and then to on a broader sense it's kind of pa- passion and um you know just everyone pushing for excellence you know it drives everyone forward in everything from from the media to the drivers so it just really pushes people on yeah and let's sort of go back to the start of your career how and when did you get into racing and motorsport so my family, one side of my family was involved in the running of a hill climb venue in Worcester, Shelsley Walsh. Um, so I grew up around that. I was always there literally every weekend. Every time something was going up the hill, I was there. And uh, I was that little kid getting sat in all the race cars, walking up and down, having a look. And then it was it was in the blood and then the bug was there. I had a go in a go-kart. Thankfully, wasn't too bad at it. And then, <laughs> And then sort of where possible, we just tried to do as much as we can. Like we couldn't do much. We couldn't fund it. So I didn't race. I think I got my cart license when I was seven or eight, as soon as I could. Yeah. And then I didn't actually do much racing in carts until I think, well, it was in junior carts. So it was a while. So it was just a waiting game, really. Yeah. So as you progressed through your career, you obviously then eventually got to sit in these, was it Formula Jedi? Yeah, at the time it was Nats F1000, I call it. Okay, so, because I don't think a lot of the listeners will know much about this, and I think this is the beauty of the podcast, we're sort of learning different series and how people get into it. Can you talk to us a little bit about that, trying to explain to them exactly what it is? Yeah, sure. I mean, it's 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 a club-level single-seater, so it, it's not like your, your Formula 4s, your Formula 3. Um, it's bike-engined, um, like space frame, chassis, really, really fast car. It's got the same engine that it's in most of the super bikes. And, um, yeah, the championship's been around for a long, long time, going from strength to strength, and it was originally a hill climb car, which is how we kind of found uh, it. Okay. And then, um, yeah, just a really, really sort of family-focused, low-pressure, enjoyable race, and, and relatively cheap, relatively in racing <laughs> terms. Yeah. Um, way, way into single-seater racing. Yeah, I guess having the fun side of it is all the way that it sort of catches you in. And then when it gets, once it gets serious, that's when you're like, oh God. <laughs> yeah, it's a real slippery slope. And you have, <laughs> you have to constantly remind yourself to enjoy it. Because even, exactly. even when you're doing it, if you have the slightest mistake or a slightly bad race, you come in and you're fuming. You've actually got to remind yourself that it's pretty fun. Yeah, definitely. So you did one season in Formula Jedi. Yeah, one, then... one of it, yeah. And then you did, um, you went into the Radical SR1 Cup? Yeah, so in 2014, I did a year of the, the Jedi. Started 2015, but then ran out of money. Um, so I didn't do anything from 15 until 18. Right. When actually Radical put on a scholarship in 2017, it was at Rockingham. And um, it was actually my mum which pushed me to go and do it. it. I've had enough of racing. I, I, I still loved it, but I was a bit bitter. I always wanted to do it. Yeah. And I won't win. Um, so she pushed me to enter it. I did. I won it. And then had a really good year racing in 2018 with Radical. Really, really successful year. And that really, I say, was the start of my, my journey into sports cars and endurance racing. Yeah. So... 
again moving you seem to go through these series quite quickly <laughs> it's yeah. like what do you think it was about you that made them pick you for the scholarship I think there was a lot more than um there was a lot more to it than just the driving they focused okay. an awful lot on there was there was the usual scholarship kind of things like your fitness tests your media tests where you get a, a mock interview and stuff like that but then they they challenged us a lot with the engineering side of things as well. They'd have the engineers come over and ask us something. They'd change something on the car, send us out, and then get us to feedback on it. Mm-hmm. I think it just helped. I like to think I'm pretty good at that. It's something I've always had a real interest in, uh, the mechanical side of it, and I found that's really helped. So I think that helped a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, and that was, and obviously I managed to get round okay as well. <laughs> that's a bonus. Yeah. What kind of questions did they ask you in the interviews? It was a long time ago. Um, I think it was things, it was um things like um what like what do you think of what do you think of the car? What do you think of the the brand uh, radical? And then they throw a curveball question at you of something which, as a racing driver, you really just want to either go kind of no comment or quickly change the subject, right? So not dig a hole. And I remember them telling me that some some of the contestants like just gave the worst possible answer because on the on the spot you kind of panicked so yeah yeah they see how well media there. trained you are yeah. yeah definitely so moving on to the big guns now you part of endurance how was it make, taking the step from the tiny little radicals to these I mean they seem like quite big cars are they as big as they look on camera yes <laughs> yeah they, they feel massive <laughs> well. how, yeah how was it taking that jump from those tiny cars to these massive ones then it was in the way I did it, it was a really big step. <laughs> in an ideal world, I'd have liked to have kind of spent a little bit more time in the radicals, uh, you know, had funding sort of allowed and then had a sort of gentle ease into the LMP3, a couple of test days and then maybe a race. But yeah, I jumped straight in in a, in a race weekend. I got a call right. last minute because um, of COVID, a driver couldn't get to a race. Okay. And I got a call saying, can you get on a plane? Um, so I did and I've jumped in and I, I had... It was a poor Ricard and I had barely any idea where the circuit went. <laughs> I'd I'd only ever seen these cars. I'd been walking up and down the paddock when they were at Silverstone, but I had I had no idea how it was going to be. So I jumped in the thing, left the pits, and I got down to the second major braking zone at Poor Ricard. I just went straight on. <laughs> straight on. So I didn't hit a brake anywhere oh, near God. hard. Enough. Anywhere near hard. Enough. Luckily, it was Poor Ricard, and it's not anywhere like where you can yeah. hit much. Um, I was like, right, okay okay we're gonna have to rethink this you've been humbled <laughs> yeah yeah and then but it luckily I kind of caught up quite quick and by the end of the weekend we actually got on the podium in that um, my, my first race so yeah it was a uh, definitely in at the deep end yeah definitely what was your initial reaction to being in it what was something that stands out that when you got in it you were like whoa this is a big change it was I remember the the first thing that really took me back was the complex all the procedures and and now it seems so simple, but at the time mm. when in radicals you don't have driver changes, you don't have multiple pits yeah. in the race. Um, just learning the procedures of getting in and out of the pits, getting in and out of the car, all the things you got to plug in and and fuel resets and all that sort of thing. It's a really really busy couple seconds when you're getting in the car and and the lollipop goes up and you've got to go. Yeah. Uh, and I just remember thinking, Christ, I hope I don't forget something. You know, 
And um, yeah, that was a big shock. And then, of course, the obvious one, the first time I clicked the pit limiter off, leaving the pit lane, I was like, wow, okay. <laughs> like a this, spaceship straight back. Means, yeah. So the preparation, obviously, you said it was very last minute in the run up to it. What was the prep like for you? Because you mustn't have had time to get physically fit for it or anything like that. No. So I've always kind of had, I've always, it's it's helped me out in a few situations, really. I've always kind of said, be ready for whatever. So yeah. even when I wasn't racing in those years between carts and cars and Jedis and Radicals, I was always kind of race fit because I was always working to get sponsors and, and get something. Yeah. You never know when you're going to need it. So luckily I wasn't too far away. Um, but there were definitely things which were like, I was not fit enough. Like by the end of the race, my neck was shot. Yeah. And, and yeah, there was there was points in the race. Luckily, because it was a three-driver team, I only had to do about an hour and a bit. Right. So it wasn't too bad, but it wasn't too hot. But in, since, in races since now, you've got to be way fitter for the heat and for, for the longest. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that was missing. Yeah, I mean, you say an hour and a bit, but that is like, that's pretty much the standard race. For all of us normal F1 kind of viewers, we're used to that. For you guys, that's nothing now. Yeah, that, that's, it's, you almost sit back for the first, once the, once the race has started, for me, anyway, this year, I never started the race. So the first hour, right. just sit back and relax. And sometimes <laughs> I don't even watch. I just try and chill out. What um, is, so as you're watching them race, what are you thinking? Are you thinking like, right, they're doing this at this corner or they need to pick up the pace a bit here. Are you sort of analysing their laps to then get into the car and try and do better or? So we, we're obviously in constant communication. So I'll, I'll always, my teammate will be speaking to the engineer and then right. if there's anything really, and I'll usually have a headset on, but if I didn't, the engineer would grab me and say, he said this, mm-hmm. keep an eye out for this, keep an eye out for that. And then particularly if it was changeable conditions and we were trying to switch from, get the crossover from wets to slicks or something, we'd be in constant communication as to what I'd go out on. Would I chance it on slicks or would, how, you know, how do we think the track yeah. is? Um, so I'd always be paying attention and looking at the lap times to see kind of where we're at and what everyone else is doing as well. Yeah, you're not completely switched off. <laughs> no, not completely. <laughs> Although there there are points where I find it really useful, and some drivers are different. Some drivers need to be like super pumped up and you know ready to get in a fight. It's so generally, yeah. and I find I just need to be relaxed. If I overthink yeah. it, it it goes it, out it, the window. Yeah, you just got to chill, get in, and do your thing. Yeah. So is um endurance racing something you've always had an interest in? I've always been interested in Le Mans. I've always been fascinated by it. And it's obviously you think of the major things to win in motor racing, it's it's Formula One in general, it's Le Mans and then it's the Indy five hundred. Yeah. Um so when and they're I, all on the same weekend. <laughs> I know. I know it's a nightmare. <laughs> Doesn't make sense. <laughs> no, no, unless you're like Alonso and you can just start around and do what you like. But no, but for, for us normal people, it's a pain. And um, yeah, well, as soon as I kind of realised Formula One was kind of off the cards, I thought oh, I'd love to do IndyCar. So I, I started looking at doing the kind of road to Indy. Um, and then things radical happened and I was like, oh, maybe Le Mans. And then, you know, just kind of got pushed that way, really. Yeah, I feel like there's going to be a massive increase in people watching endurance racing this year i the the hype around them on last year was pretty big but i feel like it's just going to go like another level this year so i feel like you guys like people will be watching what's going on around it as well you guys are going to be like skyrocketed this year i hope so yeah so So obviously a lot of my like i said a lot of my listeners are formula one fans 
How would you describe endurance racing in one sentence? Oh, um, complex. Yeah, much more complex. Um, on the from the outside, if you just look at look at it, you just sit down and watch before I can seem quite quite boring, quite repetitive. But you actually really pay attention and get involved and mm. think about the kind of strategies at play and and the obviously some drivers have say two silver drivers which would be the pro drivers and a yeah. bronze driver and some lineups would have two bronzes and a and silver or just one silver one bronze so there is actually an awful lot going on and it's not just one car against the other car it could be a pro against an amateur yeah it can really mix things up because if you throw your pro driver in at the beginning you might fly through the grid and build up a massive lead but you've got to stick your amateur driver in at the end yeah. So yeah, there's an awful lot more to it, and I definitely encourage anyone who wants to get into it to just commit a little bit of time to it when one of those long races going on, and really try and pick it apart. Yeah, because I before I sat down and did some research on you and stuff, I did some research on European Le Mans, and I was watching one of the videos, and I was like, I didn't even know there were different rankings of drivers. I didn't know about the silver and bronze and all of that stuff. Yeah. It was so interesting to read about. It's um, an, yeah, it's it's a minefield. There's so much going on. It changes all the time. Yeah, and I feel like the technology must be quite crazy in the cars as well. Like, the am I right in saying the hybrid cards? The in hypercar, it's in and the LMP2. are they hybrid? Yeah, so in Europe, right. it's just the LMP two and the LMP three. There's no hybrid in that. At the, okay, at the, yeah. Um, it's just V eight engines, naturally aspirated, and that. Oh, that's um, great. It, it does. It does sound good. <laughs> that's the best thing about it. Um, and then in, in the World Endurance Championship, the LMP one. And right. in the or whatever they call it, has got the hybrid tech as well. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. But even regardless, though, the cars, I mean, like you said, there's so many buttons inside the cars and things like that. It must be a minefield to even look at that. Yeah, there's 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 a bit going on. There's definitely more than when you jump out of something like a Radical where it's literally a steering wheel and some gear shift paddles on the back um, and you jump in and you've got throttle maps and, you know, traction maps and then you've got a whole control panel to one side with... I can't remember how many buttons on it. I think like 16 buttons or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, you kind of have to memorize where they all are. So it's not necessarily complex. There's just an awful lot to kind of be aware of because yeah. when you do need it, you need to know it. You don't want to have to sit there and stare at it while you're trying to drive along. Are there any button buttons that you never press? Um, Eject. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Eject. Um, I've never pressed the fire button yet, which is good. That's good. That's good. And then um, the indicators, can't say I've used them much. We <laughs> no. Do have them. We do have them, even in the prototype. That's so um, funny. But yeah, mainly things like brake balance, throttle mapping, uh, and the drink button, they're, uh, they're a big yeah. one. Vital. So what is something that you've learned about endurance racing and the endurance series that surprised you? The oh, How important it is in terms of traffic management and things like that. Okay. It, almost it's not it's not irrelevant but your your most your race is determined on how well you manage the traffic around you obviously in lmp3 you've got the p2 cars coming past you which are much quicker and then course, you're, yeah. you're catching and passing gt cars so if you're not efficient at getting through the traffic you could be the fastest driver out there but if you're no good at dealing with the traffic you're yeah. gonna have a terrible race yeah so, I um, I did a track day not long ago with my dad, my first track day, and the the people around me was like one of the worst things I could have possibly. I was just like, was that? it was at Alton Park. Oh, the be- oh, that's not an easy yeah. place to have a track day. I was having a meltdown. It was not. It was not great. 
um right. I won't be coming and driver anytime soon um anyway off subject um bit of a heavy one but what would you say has been your biggest challenge in your career so far and what did you learn from it um uh, on the track or like off and both why not so so off track it's and it's probably what every racing driver would say as well it'd be the sponsors right sponsors and actually kind of forging your career because it's very it's very ruthless and you're it's no secret that you are competing up against very very wealthy people yeah that can just buy their way into seats you know we see it all the time in, in across every sort of form of motor racing yeah. so uh, going out there and actually getting sponsors and getting getting the drives is really really hard and um, like e- even this week to be fair like things have changed from last year so I'm still working on drives for next year and even this right. week I've had one sponsor show an interest in coming on board again and another one say no which is completely shut up quite yeah. a big door right so you're constantly getting step setbacks and um, yeah I'd say any racing driver that actually has to sort them out themselves if they're not from a ultra wealthy background would probably agree yeah um, but then on track i'd say um go on give me your worst race my worst race wow. <laughs> let's rub the salt in the wound <laughs> that's not that's not too hard to remember probably my, probably my last couple uh, oh, no. yeah yeah in portimao this year i had a pretty horrid weekend um it was um we had a double header because one of the races got cancelled earlier in the year when Imola had all the, the weather problems. Yeah, of course. Um so in the first race of the week, um I wish I had an excuse, but I don't. I was just pushing really, really hard and towards the end of the race just made a, a tiny little mistake. I just braked a little bit too late and just threw it away. Mm. Um first time I've ever done it ever, but it's it, you know, it hits hard. Yeah, and I was kind of thinking we have a we've got another race, we've got a good opportunity to bounce back and come get a good result because we we're really fast and uh, I got absolutely whacked into by an LMP2 car and taken out the race after about six laps so that was a weekend to forget yeah well what did you learn from that how did you sort of get around that feeling it was really interesting I actually learned a little bit about who I am as a driver and as a person and what kind of support network you need around you because normally Particularly this year, I was traveling out to a lot of the races on my own. Um, I didn't have okay. like family and, and girlfriends and friends come with me, which did in previous years. And um, so actually, it was knowing what I need. It's whether after a moment like that, do you need an arm around you and say, go on, keep your chin up? Or do you just need to be kind of left alone and G yourself up? And um, yeah, I learned a little bit about myself. Like, to be fair, it's nothing embarrassing about it. Needing an arm around you and someone to just say, go on, keep your chin up go again yeah. it's a it's a good lesson to learn yeah definitely was that were you not able to help people there purely for budget or you just not want it's them just, no it was just it was just kind of your they they have jobs as well so right of course yeah time off hurts um and then also it's you're kind of there to do a job and i'd almost from a personal point of view i'd rather someone not be there than them be there and yeah be- that's fair do you have a like a coach or anything that's there with you no no one man band yeah it's one thing I've never had I've always been so I do a lot of coaching myself that's almost my day job if you like I do that a lot um and it's one one thing I wish I had when I was sort of coming up through and even now because no matter how much you know you always need a coach so what would you tell your younger self then uh 
or even looking back at the race in Portimao, how would you tell yourself to sort of, you know, it's okay? Um, I'd probably just say it happens, you yeah. know, just trying because in, in that moment, it really does feel like it's the end it of the world. Too, yeah. And then, um, cause you put so much into it and you've, I, I've been in the car for like two hours, completely drained. You're pushing as hard as you can. And then you, oh, throw sure. it off and you think you've thrown it all away, but you actually need to kind of take a step back and think, well, if I don't make a mistake at some point, I'm clearly not giving it everything I can. Okay. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Cause I mean, we do this, like I say, I was in the car for two hours, at least every single race this year. Yeah. And that's an awful lot of laps and an awful lot of hitting the brake and all that. And if you don't get it slightly wrong at least once, you're not anywhere near close enough to the limit. Yeah, that's a good good spin on it. I like that. It's a good yeah. way to look at it. So for those who don't know more about European Le Mans, the big goal of it by winning your section, you get entry to Le Mans, which is yes. incredible. What would it mean to you to drive there? Everything. <laughs> Everything. It's just that uh, it's... Have you ever been to it? Have you ever watched I'm it? going next year. I watched oh, it on TV this year. I'm going next year. I'm so excited. It's like a festival oh. around a race. It's just the when I did Le Mans Cup last year, we do a support race at Le Mans. And um, I just remember just being there on the race day because we had a race before the 24 started. Mm. It's just mind-blowing. There's There was 200,000 people oh dotted around the circuit. Obviously, it's a big track, but you, you <laughs> notice it. And then before the race, they have the, all the ceremonies and stuff like that. And it's just a really, really amazing, quite a sort of powerful experience to be a part of. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, yeah, being in the pit lane and looking at the podium and looking at it all happening. I was like, yeah, I've got to do this. Bit of a taste for it. Yeah, definitely. Amazing. So if, let's say, for example, European Le Mans, do you call it European Le Mans series? Is that, or do you abbreviate it at all? Because I feel like it's uh, a mouthful. It can be called ELMS. ELMS, okay. Let's yeah. say ELMS has its own series like Drive to Survive. How do you think you will be perceived? Um, I think I, I'm trying to try think of a comparison, maybe, in actual Drive to Survive. I don't know. Um, I probably haven't watched Drive to Survive enough, to be fair. Um, <laughs> it's probably quite... Um, when it comes to it, I'm really serious and actually... Yeah. So, so you kind of get the idea of someone like your, your characters like Lando or Carlos in Drive to Survive. They seem really happy, really jovial, yeah. kind of like relaxed. But then behind the scenes, it is business. They're, they're there to do a job and they take it really seriously. And I like to think I'd probably come across like that because in the in the moment, it, it's, you know, it is business. It means a lot. So yeah, probably off track, the relaxed, easy <laughs> guy on near the track, serious. Yeah. So speaking of being off the track, what do you like to do for fun? What do you do to relax and chill out a bit? So to be fair, a lot of a lot of training. I know that sounds boring, but I enjoy yeah. it myself. So I'm always doing that. Um, and then I try to take up golf. <laughs> Everyone does golf. I know. I just, You'll I'm, be on paddle next. <laughs> yeah, literally. I was thinking about it already. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I tried to take up that because I found with, with coaching as well, yeah, I've just never away from a track and I just wanted right. to kind of get into something else. So yeah, I love love training. I love, uh, I've really gotten into into golf. And um, a lot of us like coaches and or ex-racing drivers and current, we like to just travel around. We're going to watch the World Rally and we just like to kind of be fans as well, to be fair sometimes. Yeah. So what series, other series do you like watching then? You just mentioned Rally. Is there anything else? Love the rally. Um, the 
anything in America, the tour, okay. the indie car in America, and actually, I think one of the most amusing things to watch is the MX, the Mazda MX fives in America. Oh, just go go race it in America. <laughs> I cannot. I'm not taking that anywhere near a track. That's my <laughs> baby. It's not going racing anywhere. <laughs> I don't blame you. It wouldn't come back looking as good. But they, <laughs> it's just the most amusing racing, and there's there's hundreds of them. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, it's brilliant. I remember watching it. One that stands out in my mind is this year around Petit Le Mans at Road Atlanta, which okay. is in IMSA. The Mazdas were supporting that, and it was just the most amazing race i've ever watched you can forget chaos yeah chaos and forget formula (laughs) one le mans the lot you've got these mx5s going at it for an hour and they're all like i think the guy who's in like sick won it on the last lap it's just chaos that sounds wicked i need to have a look at that definitely Definitely. (laughs) so let's wrap this up a little bit got a spotify playlist called garage radio i like to ask my guests something to add to the playlist so before you're getting into a race i know you said you like to be a bit more relaxed but what gets you hyped for a race um oh my god this is gonna be a tough one um (laughs) i purposely don't tell my guests before they come on about this question yeah yeah i understand why yeah (laughs) um like a bit of rock sometimes hit me with it yeah um classic or new or indie what are you talking uh some sort of bit of acdc that's quite good okay yeah, okay a bit bit different just a bit just a kind of nothing too heavy not going out yeah. there ready to start a fight with anyone <laughs> you know it gets you going so it's maybe um Shoot to Thrill, ACDC. It's a good song. I feel like you're the second person who's told me to put that song on the playlist. I feel like it might already be on there. Okay, right. Well, if, if it is, let me know and I'll, I'll send you another one. All right, okay, perfect. Well, thank you so much for joining me. It's been a pleasure to talk to you and get to know a bit more about ELMS and yourself as well. Do you have any plans for next year that we can know about yet? Not, not yet. No, not yet. I, I'm, I'm working. I, if I did, I'd love to. I'd love to play them. Um, I've been working on a few things. Um, I'd love to return to ELMS, but I've also been looking at some GT World Challenge stuff as well. So amazing. Still well, in, still endurance stuff, but might yeah. be in a slightly different shape car. What, co- what kind of shape car would you prefer? Um, the red ones with a yellow badge. Perfect. I love that. Amazing. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you.